The Authentic Accountant is sponsored by Intuit. Intuit helps you leverage the latest technologies and works with you to create tomorrow's future innovations for your firm. Visit quickbooks.intuit.com. Welcome to the Authentic Accountant Podcast with Seth David and co-host Erica Ed. If you've ever wanted to know the real story behind the most successful business leaders in the world today, stay tuned. Every story doesn't have an instant success, peaches and cream background. We'll ask the questions that need to be asked and get the true stories of success. Now, here is Seth David and Erica Ed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. My name is Seth David, and I'm here with my co-host. Hey, guys. I'm Erica Ed. Happy to be with you today. Erica, you know what I did this morning? Let me guess. Did you log into QuickBooks Online? I sure did. <laughs> Tell me more. You know what I did? I wanted to share this. It's actually, I, I'll be honest. It wasn't something I discovered this morning, but I was thinking about it because I was, just, I was sharing it with somebody else recently. Something I did, something we actually do with QuickBooks Online when uh, it comes to setting up our chart of accounts, right? And, you know, a lot of us, uh, a lot of our clients have multiple American Express accounts, right? Uh-huh. Yep. And so sometimes it's not clear when they're making a payment to one of those credit cards, which of their American Express accounts is being paid, uh-huh. right? So, you know what we do? What do we do, Seth? We create an American Express payment clearing account in the asset section of the balance sheet. That we do. And we, put, we park the payments in there until we reconcile the monthly statement for each credit card because then we can see the exact amount. And then we can go into that payment clearing and just edit that payment and now move it over to the account that got paid. And that way it all reconciles, everything's beautiful, and we don't have to have all kinds of confusion about which payment went to which credit card. It works beautifully. It sure does. And that's what I love about QuickBooks Online is it gives you the flexibility to set up the processes that you need to set up to get the bookkeeping done and do it well. And that's what we do. That's what we do at Nerd Enterprises Incorporated. We do the bookkeeping well. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, how are you? I'm good. I just got back from vacation. I'm, you did I'm, just get back from vacation. I'm, I'd like to say I'm rested, but I spent uh, two weeks having way too much fun and climbing mountains in Wyoming, and it was awesome. That is awesome. You know what? I bet that was a sort of meditation. It really was. It's something to be said when you're standing at the top of a mountain and you can see for miles and miles and it's just, oh man, there really is nothing like it in the world. Yeah. I I, I love much simpler, smaller scale. I even love just going hiking at Griffith Park, which is near us here in Los Angeles. And when I remember to get my butt out of bed early enough to go do it on a Saturday morning, just getting up there and clearing your head, it's like the best way to clear your head. And, you know, meditation is one of the things we talked about when we talked about step one on the road to authenticity. And today we're here to talk about step two on the road to authenticity. Yeah. Right. And really uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to do a little recap there on on what we talked about, you know, last time on step one with practicing meditation and and really finding your Zen, whatever that looks like, you know, and, and for me really is there something to being in nature, you know, and like you say, even just getting out into Griffith Park, which is a a completely city surrounded park, it's just being out and and away from the the electronics and, and all the digital stuff in your house or, or, you know, even in your car now, you know, just getting away from all of that and really getting back to really basic, you know, God, I love it. 
Although I, I must admit, I do take my phone with me. I like to take pictures. And occasionally, just because, just so I could say that I did it, I'll like respond to a client in Slack and answering their question while I'm on my way up the mountain. And then after I give them their response, I'll take a photo of like the view from up at the top of Griffith Park mm-hmm. and say, by the way, this is my current point of view and send it to them almost just yeah. to brag about where I am yeah. and what I'm doing while I'm actually still getting work done. Yeah. And, you know, I had a really cool experience. So I've not done a lot of backpacking. This was our first real big trip. And, and it was it was a it was a feat what we did uh, this last weekend. And, you know, we climbed this mountain, this peak in Wyoming, uh, Temple Peak, beautiful country out there. There's no trail. You're literally just following a sort of a map. And, you know, and from standing in the bottom and you're looking up at this mountain and you're like, oh, my gosh, like we're going to we're going to climb that. Like, this is insane. Right. I mean, it's steep, it's rocky. It's like, there's no way. I mean, you can't even from the bottom really get a feel for, for the, what's the word for it? The, just the gigantic, you know, feat that you're about to do. And so we go up to the top and we're looking out over the land that we've just walked across. And that in itself is amazing. But then we come back down. And we get back down and, 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 I, and I looked at one point, we were, we were hiking back to base camp and at one point I looked over my shoulder and I see this, this mountain looming over our, over our shoulders, you know? And it just, I mean, the sense of, of how small you are in the world. Yeah. It was just, it was incredible. And looking back and I thought, you know, this is something that so many people can relate to on so many different levels, you know? I mean, we literally climbed a mountain, but people climb mountains every day in their business, in their personal life, in their jobs and careers, you know. And when you're on the bottom looking up, it's like you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, you know. You keep you climb one boulder, you get to the top of that boulder, and then there's another one, and you climb over that one, right? And all those obstacles in life, I mean, it was just very metaphorical in a way, you know. And when you get you get off on the top and, you, and you're coming back down the other side and you're like, yeah, I just did that, you know, and you've got the adrenaline and the excitement going. Right. And you look back and you're like, that's what I just did. Holy yep. crap. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great feeling, a great sense of accomplishment. And that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a big part of what we talked about last week on step one is really just getting out there. And, you know, here's the ironic thing about this is I think a lot of us get bogged down in the idea that, well, if I take the time to go hiking up some mountain, that's time I'm not getting to do work. I mean, and it, it, it's funny. One of the things that makes me crazy is, you know, I was doing this thing for a while. I was calling it hashtag accounting hike because it was a bunch of my accounting friends and really anybody was welcome. But it was mostly my accounting friends who would meet with me to climb up Griffith Park. And during tax season, of course, it dies off because everybody's like, oh, no, I can't do it. I've got taxes to do. And it's like they have no idea how much more productive they would probably be if they took the couple of hours in the morning to do this yeah. and then refreshed and recharged, you know, had a nice breakfast and then went into the office. I guarantee you they'd get more done in half the time. They'd probably get twice as much done in half the time yeah. if you just unplugged this way. Yeah, I I. I- I cannot tell you how important I think it is. I mean, I, I've, I've really designed my life this way and I encourage everyone, you know, to do the same because the amount, just that, that little bit of relief, that little bit of me time, that meditation, whatever you want to call it starts the day, right. You know, and even if, even if it's a two week vacation, like I just took, you know, it, it recenters you mm-hmm. and then you come back to work and you're like, yeah, I got this. Like, yep. and you're ready to go. You know, yeah. Yep. Take the Absolutely. time. Take the time to live before it's too late. 
you know? There, yeah. I mean, there, look, there are a lot of other podcasts that interview very successful people and their focus is a little different than ours. And a lot of the times their focus is on like, what's their morning routine like? Right. And what I hear consistently from all these people, including guys like Richard Branson, is their morning routine specifically excludes technology. Yeah. Right. They specifically exclude technology. Uh, my wife was just telling me this week that she uh, read an interview with the president of Twitter. And now he was saying no technology in the morning. His morning routine is about exercising, getting out there, spending time with his kids, you know, yep. before they go off to school. It's anything but the technology part. And yeah. he apparently he only allows his kids an hour at a time with their mobile devices, which I think is so cool, especially coming from a guy like the president of Twitter. Yeah. Um, I, I actually ironically saw an interview with him on one of the morning shows and I while I was on vacation. And he was talking about that with how he limits his children to a certain amount of time with technology. And uh, and then he got busted because he was on his phone <laughs> When he wasn't supposed to be, it was like, it was like family time or whatever. And, and one of his kids said, God, why are adults always on their phones? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was That's really funny. funny. So it's Jack Dorsey is the president of Twitter now. Is that right? I don't. I, I should know this and I'm Googling it to find out. I think and I think maybe the interview that I saw, I don't know if it was with him because there were co-founders. Yeah. Dick Costolo. Costolo. I think I was watching the Jack Dorsey interview, maybe. Yeah, it, I, I think so. Anyway, I'm just doing this because I think people listening are going to want to know who we're talking about. So anyway, just Google it. You might have better luck than I did in 30 seconds or less. Um, and I should know this. But anyway, the point being that, you know, a lot of people who I would regard as people who have very healthy routines and very healthy approaches towards how to succeed in life and in business, you know, the one consistent thread seems to be, you know, like you don't wake up and check your email, you yeah. know. That can wait. And I'm better about that some days. One thing I will say I'm very good about, when I get up in the morning, I may actually look at my email, but I do not respond to anything. I actually just do it to give myself a sense of what's to come and so that later on I'll remember kind of what I glanced at. Just uh, So I'll just kind of thumb through the emails, but I will not respond to any of them. Usually I'm too tired and I, I want to, if anything, I'm going to reply when I'm a little bit more awake and, and sort of better collected, so to speak. But, mm -hmm. but you, you know, know Seth, it's funny because when I started working from home and with you and stuff, and I, I would wake up and literally go straight to my computer. It was like the first thing I was doing. And, right. and I started to get really miserable because that's not life is more than that. You know, it's in, and you've got to find that balance. And yeah. what I started doing is when I wake up now and what I've been doing for the past several months is. When I wake up, the first thing I do is I put on my, my workout clothes and I go for a run. <laughs> I don't look at my phone. I don't answer anybody. I don't care what is on that phone. It can wait another hour. Right. You know, you know what the first thing I do is? What? I open up QuickBooks online. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the third thing that I do. So it's still pretty high in the list of things I do in a day, but. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, you know, my routine is actually pretty set in the mornings. And, you know, there's my prescribed routine, which is the ideal that I strive for. And then, of course, what normally happens. But um, the reality is when I first wake up, you know, if all goes according to plan, the first thing I do is for medical reasons, I have to check my fasting glucose, right? Because type 2 diabetes. I got to check that first thing every morning and make sure it's not out of control. Um, and then normally what I'm supposed to do, and sometimes I have to rip myself away from the computer because I'm at the computer when I do this because I check it and then I log it. But really what I'm supposed to do next is walk away before I start getting sucked into email or any of that. And I take my dogs for a walk. 
And I make it a point when I take my dogs for a walk not to take my mobile device with me. I used to take it thinking, oh, you know, I just I want to take pictures of them and whatnot. But the reality is, even if that truly was my intention, I'm likely going to wind up on social media or some other such thing while I'm walking the dogs. And now I'm not really enjoying the moment for what it is and for what it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. So I've made it a habit. Now I never take my mobile with me when I'm walking the dogs in the morning. And that's only 20 minutes, but it's 20 minutes of having yeah. peace and calm, right? Yeah. And it helps center me. It helps me. And because sometimes during the process, I actually have to, uh, you know, remind myself to bring my focus, the focus of my thoughts down to the moment that I'm in. And really what, and I love having the dogs there with me because they become the focal point, right? Mm-hmm. I always, that's the, my reminder is focus on them. You're here to spend time with them, right? Yeah. And anybody who knows me knows how much I love my dogs. You know, they are like my life. You know, when other people want to go spend time with their kids, I go spend time with my dogs, you know, because they are like my kids. Um, I know you get that because you have a dog. Yeah, dogs are are cool. So just recapping. So we really what we're talking about here is just different sort of variations on the theme of meditation, I think. Right. Quieting your mind. We talked last time about the mind being like a cup of muddy water, which I get from my calm.com meditation that I do. Uh, the guide in that one talks about it, where the, the more we practice at letting our mind settle, the clearer it becomes, right? Right. And when I do my meditations in the morning, because that's the next part of my normal morning routine as I come back from walking my dogs, you know, I shower, get dressed, whatever. And then at some point between then and when I do get to my desk to start working, I'm supposed to be meditating for about 25 minutes. Not about, actually. I use calm.com, and I set it for exactly 25 minutes. And in the mornings, the meditation that I do is what's called deep concentration, right? Because that's what I want to take with me into my day. I want to be, you know, I want to be highly focused, mm-hmm. right? So I do a deep concentration meditation in the morning. And again, in a perfect day at night before I go to sleep, I do another 25 meditation. But that one's going to be more of a deep relaxation, right? Something that's preparing me for sleep. And I love doing that. And I love what you shared about, you know, climbing the mountain and and the metaphor that goes with that, but just the act itself. And also it's a testament to, you know, we talked about um, understanding what you can and can't control, right? Understanding what you're powerless over uh, last time. And when you look at the base of that mountain, you look up, you you, that gives you the picture of what powerlessness means, right? (laughs) You know, because like you said, you're so small in comparison to this huge mountain. And you, you start to understand what your powerlessness truly looks yeah. like. So we had a takeaway from the last step, which I hope people did, which I hope you'll pull out. And if you're getting to this step for some reason before you got to step one, go back and listen to step one because we gave you three takeaways. We just want to recap them. One was to practice meditation. So hopefully you've started to do that, even if you just do it once a day for five minutes, because I know a lot of us have a hard time sitting still. It's practice. It's doing yeah. it over and over again. Start somewhere. Yep. Yeah. And then make a list of things that you're powerless over, we said, right? This gives you the awareness, which we said is the key. Awareness is the key. Once you become aware of the problem, you can do something about it. And then list the things that you'll do next time you become aware you're in a reactive mode, right? When you're faced with something you're powerless, and so you're powerless over and you experience the frustration and you start reacting to that and maybe acting out, right? List the things you'll do better next time. Anytime you find yourself in that situation where you've acted out maybe poorly. And that's really what really meditation helps me a lot with is having that awareness. You know, I notice when I don't meditate in the morning or maybe I haven't meditated for several mornings in a row, mm-hmm. I become very reactionary mm-hmm. and, and I don't have meditation gives me that nice little pause that, that allows me to step back even just for a second and say, wow, okay, hang on. 
I am powerless over this. What can I control? What can I do in this situation? You know, and, and the meditation really helps me sort of settle into that sort of frame of mind as opposed to just being reactionary and, you know, driving forward and just pushing through, you know, and, and making messes along the way, you know? Right, right. All right, we're going to take a short break here. Um, And when we come back, we're going to talk about step two on the road to authenticity. We're going to talk about what the core issue is with respect to step two. Uh, And one last thing, just as we wrap up step one once and for all, remember in the last interviews that we did, uh, John Farrar and Doug Sleater both did the same thing after they sold their businesses. They both started working out, exercising, getting into shape because now they had the time to do it. But the message was don't wait because you may not get the opportunity to sell your business and have that kind of time. Do it now. Start building that into your daily routine. All right, we'll see you back after the break. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Nerd Enterprises Incorporated is a numbers agency. We offer a wide range of services, from bookkeeping to financial modeling and cash flow projections. Our consulting services enable you to do what you do best by giving us the accounting and back office tasks that we do best. Nerd Enterprises, Inc. is one of the worldwide leaders in QuickBooks, Microsoft Excel, and other productivity-based training. If it's one-to-one or one-to-many, we log in with you so you can share your screen and we get you through it. Plus, all sessions are recorded, so you can review those recordings anytime you like afterwards. For more information, visit nerdenterprises.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Intuit QuickBooks is dedicated to powering prosperity around the globe for accountants, small businesses, consumers, and the self-employed. With products and services like QuickBooks Online Accountant and the QuickBooks Pro Advisor Program, accounting professionals can save time, grow their practice, and act as strategic advisors to their small business clients. By working together as partners, Intuit can help you leverage the latest technologies and work with you to create tomorrow's future innovations. Go to Quick books.intuit.com to find out more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. To find out more, email Seth at NerdEnterprises.com. That's Seth at NerdEnterprises.com. Now, back to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. I'm still here, and my name is still Seth David. I'm still here, too, and I am still Erica Ed. That's fortunate. (laughs) It's a good thing. That we've got that part down. <laughs> yeah, I did not have an identity crisis in the middle of that break. That's good. And what a great break it was, wasn't it? It was fantastic. It was. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm thankful for our sponsors who help us make this show possible. So, 
we want to talk now about step two on the road to authenticity. And I gave a hint at the end of step one about what we're going to be talking about. And I think the way to sum it up is in one simple phrase, because in step one, we talked about understanding what we can and can't control. And that kind of led us to a discussion about powerlessness, right? That's right. So if the core problem really in the first step is powerlessness, then I think it follows very naturally that the core problem we have to identify and talk about in step two is that our real problem is lack of power is our dilemma, right? And right. if lack of power is my dilemma, then I need to find power, right? Where I do need- you find power? That's the question. That is the question. Where do you find power? And I think um, one of the places, there's a few places, there's a few ways to, I think, approach the answer to that question. One, I believe, is by searching fearlessly within ourselves, right? Bingo. Ultimately, we have to have the confidence in ourselves that we do have the, you know, the wisdom to know the difference, right? Between what we can and can't control and that wisdom, having that wisdom does come from within. We have this innate understanding of what's right from wrong, right? Nobody has to teach us that it's wrong to steal from someone. Nobody has to teach us that it's wrong to kill someone, right? Mm -hmm. So there's certain things that do come from within. It's in our innate natural, you know, being that we understand the basics of right from wrong. And a lot of things, I think a lot of the source of the knowledge that we need comes from there. Mm -hmm. But then we also have to go outside of ourselves, right? Especially if we're talking about this in the context of business, we want to build a support system, right? We, yeah. In other words, we don't do this alone. I don't right. know. I've never talked to any successful person who's ever said, yeah, I've done this completely by myself. I've had no help from anybody, right? Yeah, nobody's winning an Oscar and just saying, all me, buddy. Yep, all I got me. nobody to thank here. <laughs> I, I did this. I got this. Yep, you know. <laughs> uh, what's interesting to me is this, and, and I think something that, that I've heard, at least when I've talked about this with other people, uh, is this lack of powerlessness and then this internal finding of power. So what does that mean, right? Because if I admit that I'm powerless, then how do I find the power within myself? Mm-hmm. And I think there's, there's a lot to be said in, you know, it, manifesting your own beliefs, Right. Mm -hmm. And if you believe that you're powerless, like I admit that I'm powerless over people, places and things Mm -hmm. where I do have power is over myself. Right. And only I have that. Now, if I if I commit to that, commit to that, then I have a lot of power. I'm a very powerful person. Right. But if I sit back and say, I am just powerless, there's nothing I can do, then there's nothing I can do. Right. Right. And so I, I really wanted to just add that little point, because I think a lot of people when you're sort of beginning to think about this concept, I think that can be a little confusing for people, you know, and that can be, that can kind of be a hang up. Well, how am I powerful and powerless at the same time? You know? Right. And yeah, it's a question of distinguishing what you're powerless over and understanding there are things that you have power over and things that you don't. And the clear distinction is where I do have power is entirely with respect to me and how I react to things and what I do about things. And where I'm completely powerless is entirely with respect to anyone and everything else. Exactly, yes. (laughs) It's a pretty simple dividing line. But when I do understand that, we talked about this a little bit last time in step one, is that, you know, once I understand that distinction, what I realize is, for example, when something goes wrong at my company, if somebody screws up, you know, who's working for me, let's say, you know, I can do one of two things. I can either say, well, it's Erica's fault. She screwed up. Or I can say, no, you know what? It's my company. I have to own that. And I have to look at it from the standpoint of maybe I didn't give you the right training. Maybe I didn't give you the right support that you needed to do the job properly, to do the job better, whatever it might be. 
And that's where I think it's critical to understand that if I take ownership of everything that happens to me, then I do have the power. I have the power to do something about it. Mm-hmm. If I'm pointing my finger at you, then I'm giving you all the power. And now I have, now I don't have any power and I'm just going to sit here and complain about how the world is dishing me an unfair deal. Yeah. Right. And one of the things, you know, because I think that is a trap that we can we can all fall in, and we all do fall into from time to time. Right. Is, you know, we we fall into these these old patterns of thinking or whatever you want to call them, where, you know, it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. I, I did everything I could do, you know, whatever. And and part of what gets me through those sort of those sort of roadblocks or, or, or pitfalls, if you want to call them, uh, is having a good support system around me. That's sort of, you know, that's honest with me. That doesn't, that doesn't co-sign my crap yes, yeah. when I'm putting it out there, you know. Yep. People who are, are up front, people who, who know me well enough, I have a close relationship I'm, I, and they know me well enough to know what, what's going on deeply in a situation, you know, and they're, and they're able to sort of set me straight and say, you know, and hold me accountable, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's key. We have to, you know, so that's where we find power is from the collective sort of group conscience of people that we trust. Right. And let's be honest and clear, you know, if you're, if you're listening to you're thinking, okay, well, I have to start finding out who those people are that I'm going to trust. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to trust somebody you shouldn't have. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's important not to let that get you jaded because sometimes you might have to go through a few people that you, you know, made poor choices about until you find the right people, you know, mm-hmm. where you are going to get that trust and support and, and that trustworthiness, right? Yeah. And, and that's why, you know, that's why we refer to it as a support group or a support system, not a support one person. Right. <laughs> because people will let you down, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you'll have different people in your group, uh, your tribe, your posse, whatever you want to call them, you'll have different people for different things. Right. And yeah. some people are better at, you know, at, at some things than others are, you know, and that's why we, you diversify like you would a stock portfolio or whatever you want. You want different people for different things. Yeah. Some people are better at systems and strategies. Other people are better at relationships and how to navigate relationships and still others are better at other things. So as, and, and if you find yourself running into some kind of a dilemma that you, then you look at your current support system or in business, we often call this a mastermind group, Right. And you look at your mastermind group and you're trying to think, all right, which of these people do I go to for this problem? And if you find that none of them are people that stand out to you as the right person for that problem, then it's probably time to go find another person to add into your support system, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I, I like to point out on this, and it's funny because it really it came up recently completely independent of this. Um, I was talking with somebody and I mentioned this article I'd written. I didn't realize how long it's been. It's, it was actually written in 2016. It's called Almost Normal. And in that article, I talk about this very thing and how I talk about how I have five people. So when the proverbial, you know, what hits the fan and things go really wrong and we have those days, all of us do. If we don't, if we say we don't, we're in denial, right? Mm -hmm. Where I just want to shut down. I just want to tell everyone to go F themselves, you know, you know, and once I become aware, we talked about awareness last time. Once I become aware, I'm in that kind of a mode or mindset and having that kind of a day. There are five people that I will call and I'll run down the list until I get one of them on the phone. And having five people on the list is enough that usually I can get a hold of one of them. And if I've left the other four messages, I guarantee you they've all called me back by first thing the following morning to check mm-hmm. on me and make sure I'm doing okay. 
right? That's the kind of support system we're talking about creating, right? Yeah. Those are the, so these are the people who keep you accountable because they're not going to co-sign your BS like you said, but they're also people who are going to provide you guidance based on experience, right? So we're looking for people with experience. It's really important. One of the things yeah. I often tell people is you never want my opinions about anything, but if I've had the experience, you're welcome to it. Mm. I like that a lot. That's actually really great. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference between having that group of five that you've clearly, it takes time to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes time to get to know people and for people to get to know you and to understand the sort of ins and outs of how you do business, the ins and outs of your personality, you know, all of those factors that sort of play into uh, who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, takes a, it takes time to build that. But that's the difference between having those five people that share your experience with you and share their experience and you share their, your experience with them mm-hmm. uh, and putting something on Facebook and just opening it to the masses and letting anyone have a comment, you know? And it's, it's always interesting to me when I see people sort of not, not like hive mind, like, hey, I need a, you know, this or that and what, what, what recommendations for things like that. That's not what I mean. But like when people really air their laundry on Facebook yeah. and they get a lot of opinions, I am always like, why? I don't, that is completely invaluable to me. It's, yeah, because it's, I don't need your p- opinion. I want to yeah. know your experience. Have you been here? Yes. What did you do to get through this? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for. And that's, that's really what we're talking about here. I also get worried too about those kinds of Facebook posts, you know, talking about Facebook in particular. I wonder how much that person is really looking for guidance versus how much they just, they're trying to get attention. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know some people are going to be offended when they hear me say that, but the truth is, and this is based on my own experience, when I genuinely want help with something that's deeply personal, I don't throw that stuff up on Facebook. I call the five people. I have the conversation one-on-one. You know, where you and I come from, we talk about something that says we share in a general way, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm in public, I share in a general way. There's certain things that need to be reserved for one-on-one type conversations. It's just, it's not even appropriate to throw Mm -hmm. certain things up there in public. And so when you when you look at something where it's clear somebody's crossed that line, mm-hmm. like I said, I often wonder if that's not more about getting attention and sympathy and a pat on the back or, oh, it's okay, than it is about getting, you know, real guidance from somebody who can offer it. You know, and sometimes I try, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. And sometimes when I see that stuff, it makes me kind of sad because it makes me wonder, like, do they not have the five people? Yeah. Yep. You know, and I think, you know, we live in an era now where there's so much emphasis on social media, which is exactly the opposite of social. Right. Um, and it's so disconnecting in so many ways, mm-hmm. you know, um, that I think people are sort of lacking for those deeper con- connections with people, yep. you know, and that's, that's ultimately what, you know, that's ultimately, I think what we're talking about here is, is spending the time really reaching out and getting to know people. You know? Yeah. Yep. I saw something. Actually, funny thing is I, I, it was on Facebook where I saw it, but I love this quote. I'm going to see if I could find it really quick um, because I remember who posted it. Uh, it was my friend, Rachel, and it, was, it, it addresses this kind of perfectly. Um, it should be top of her feed because I saw it just this morning. Hopefully I can find this super quick because it's just perfect. It basically, I'll paraphrase it because I'm not seeing it immediately on the feed and it may have been on Instagram or something and not Facebook, but it basically said something to the effect that if you're not getting the support that you really want from the people who surround you, 
then you may be surrounding yourself with the wrong people, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not getting the right kind of support, right? Like nobody should be tearing you down. We've all been in those relationships with people who where everything we suggest, it's a terrible idea. And ultimately you start to realize the more you listen to these people. And so you can start to rececognize when you're faced with one of them, they're usually people who are going to, you know, tear you down for the purpose of telling them, telling you that you really need them. You really need their help. Mm-hmm. You know, that without them, you're useless. Right. And so if you start recognizing that in the kind of feedback you're getting from somebody, there's a good chance you've made a bad choice in people to, because, because somebody who's in, who's part of your five, right. Somebody who belongs in that group should never tear you down. And that doesn't mean they don't call you out when you're wrong, but there's a big and important difference between calling you out when you're wrong and tearing you down just for the purpose of tearing you down so that you become dependent on them, right? We're not talking about dependence on people, ultimately. We're talking about, yes, we depend on the group. We depend on their group conscious. We depend on their guidance. But really, we're depending on these people in order to gain independence. That's a little bit of the irony of this, right? Is Mm -hmm. by having a good support system. You know, one thing I learned early on um, is that, you know, by leaning on the right people for the right guidance, I fall on my face a lot less often. And that's where I find the independence in having become dependent upon the guidance of a good, solid support system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I think that the going back to what you were talking about of, of people tearing you down versus lifting you up, you know, I think the difference is, is that they, they, can, they constructively criticize you and and I think the difference is is that it's with love, mm-hmm. you know. And and as cheesy as that may sound, <laughs> I really do believe that's the difference. That if I criticize you for the purpose of of letting you know how stupid this thing was that you did, or or how big of a of a of a mess up that was, versus telling you with love, hey, you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. going forward, here's how we would, you know, and, and, and I think that that's where the difference lies is, is, is that feeling of wanting to make things better, you know, overall, um, not wanting to necessarily fix things for you, but wanting to make it better for you for the future. Right. And maybe instead of calling criticism, call it feedback. Because criticism kind of has a negative connotation, right? But feedback is positive. It is constructive. Constructive mm-hmm. feedback. So I, I like that. I mean, I know we often use the term constructive criticism, and I get it. But yeah. I've, somebody told me a long time ago, and I liked it, you know, to call it constructive feedback because that just puts it in the right sort of light. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, we have to take another break. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to get into a little more of the actual solution of how do we find these, these – how do we find the five? Right. Let's say we want to go out and we want to build that support system or we want to, you know, maybe we want to expand the support system we have. How do we do that? Uh, So when we come back, we will dive a little deeper into the solution. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. 
Nerd Enterprises Incorporated is a numbers agency. We offer a wide range of services from bookkeeping to financial modeling and cash flow projections. Our consulting services enable you to do what you do best by giving us the accounting and back office tasks that we do best. Nerd Enterprises Inc. is one of the worldwide leaders in QuickBooks, Microsoft Excel, and other productivity-based training. If it's one-to-one or one-to-many, we log in with you so you can share your screen and we get you through it. Plus, all sessions are recorded so you can review those recordings anytime you like afterwards. For more information, visit nerdenterprises.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Intuit QuickBooks is dedicated to powering prosperity around the globe for accountants, small businesses, consumers, and the self-employed. With products and services like QuickBooks Online Accountant and the QuickBooks Pro Advisor Program, accounting professionals can save time, grow their practice, and act as strategic advisors to their small business clients. By working together as partners, Intuit can help you leverage the latest technologies and work with you to create tomorrow's future innovations. Go to QuickBooks books.intuit.com to find out more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice America talk radio network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. To find out more, email Seth at NerdEnterprises.com. That's Seth at NerdEnterprises.com. Now, back to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. I am still Erica, and I'm here with... I'm still Seth. Hold on. <laughs> Let me check. Yep, my license says it. I'm still Seth. I'm Seth. Oh. What a relief. I Puffs thought you were a body snatcher for a second. <laughs> uh, hey, Seth, yeah. why don't we give a shout out to our sponsors real quick? I think that's a good idea. Let's pay the bills. We'll pass the basket right here. Uh, we want to thank Right Networks. Right Networks helps accounting professionals like you securely transition your accounting-based desktop applications into the cloud, regardless of which version you're using. As a partner, you can trust. We take away the burden of IT so you have more time to focus on your business. Moving your desktop and legacy applications to the cloud makes keeping close track of your finances and operations so much easier. Work from anywhere, anytime, and enjoy the added security of keeping your financial files backed up. To learn more, give Right Networks a call at 888-210-0237 for a special 10% off discount. Make sure to mention Authentic Accountant before 9-1-2018. All right. Thank you, Right Networks. So we're back, and uh, we're going to dive into the solution here and uh, on step two of the road to authenticity. And um, what does that look like, Seth? How do we go about really finding those five? Oh, just screw it. Just give up. It's hopeless. Don't listen to Seth. He's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> Um, You know, it's funny because you were were mentioning in the last segment that it might take a while to find those people. 
And that's true. And like I said, you're probably going to make mistakes along the way and pick the wrong people. But ultimately, I would obviously start with thinking about you because you probably actually already have at least one or two of them, if not all five in your world. You just haven't thought of them this way yet. Right. Yeah. right. So think about where you naturally where are you naturally inclined? Whom are you naturally inclined to call when you're stuck and you feel like you need help? Right. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's Erica. Right. Maybe. Quite frankly, there's a lot of people who call me when they need help. I built a whole program up around it. It's called 97 and Up, right? Right. Um, and, and that really is a mastermind group that I've helped create. And guess what? Even though I started it and people may see me as the leader or whatever, I'm not. I get a lot of help from the group just as they get from me and the other members of the group. That's what a I mastermind. Was gonna, I was actually going to say that, Seth, that, that even though you're offering you know, help and service, to being of service to some of these people and they call you when they need help. I'm sure you find that it's a reciprocal sort of thing where you're, you're also able to call them when you get stuck. Without right? a doubt. Without but a doubt. The reason why you're able to do that is because you were open to that possibility, right? right. And I, I want to just point out that I think that's where this starts is having an open mind, right? There are, there are literally hundreds, if not thousands of people in our lives through work, through personal relationships, through whatever that we come across every day, right? And if we have an open mind and we, and we look at those people as a potential opportunity for growth, uh, as a potential relationship, um, that's, that's kind of where we start building this, you know? And like you said, Seth, there, there's probably people in our networks right now that we haven't even considered Mm-hmm. To, to put into our quote-unquote support group or our, or our mastermind group. Right. And, and by the way, just to clarify, because when we think mastermind, when we think of this formal thing where we have this weekly get-together, it doesn't have to be that formal. It doesn't hurt to make one formally. But they may not even know that they're your mastermind group. They're just people that you've identified as the people you go to when you need help or guidance with something, right? Yeah. It could be that informal as just like like I said, heck, go into your CRM and just tag five people mastermind and, and then make notes on that contact um, about, you know, what specific areas you like to go to them for guidance in. Because like we said, I have certain people that I go to for very specific guidance on certain things. I don't go to the guy who's been divorced five times for relationship advice. I go to the guy who's been successfully married for 30 years, and that's who I ask for relationship advice, right? And, right. and, and, and go, taking that into the business context, you know, there are people I know who, look, one of our former guests, Clayton Oates, what we learned about him is he's a connector. He's really good at relationships, right? Mm-hmm. He's a guy I would go to and say, Clayton, I have this issue. I'm trying to build a really solid relationship with this customer or vendor or colleague. You know, how do you recommend I do it? What advice or guidance do you have for me? right? Mm-hmm. That's how we look at this. And we, you, we identify people that, that are really good at certain things. And those are the things that we go to them for guidance with. Right. Yeah, and that's why I say you build that system of people, that network, and you go to certain people for certain things, right. you know? And, and that's why it's important to not make it a, a mastermind group of you plus one, because right. that one person is going to be in the same boat that you're in. You, you, you only know what you know. You only have the experience that you have. And so when you're trying to draw off of other people's experiences, it kind of helps to have a larger group. Than a right. One, you know? right. And then there's also going to be people who are out of your direct reach as far as you're not going to be able to get them on the phone and get advice from them. Because let's say it's just a, an, an author, a major influencer, right? Mm-hmm. So what you, but, but these people have written books that have a lot of guidance for us, yeah. right? And so we might even consider uh, identifying some of the time that we're spending 
on Facebook and wasting it reading about what people had for lunch and replacing that time with time we spend reading some of these books from people who have lots of experience, who have fallen down many, many more times than we have, who have also gotten back up again and have written books explaining exactly how they got up and what they did. And there's a ton that we can learn just from that. And, you know, one of the things that I prescribe in the 97 and up group for everybody is that we have to have our reading time right? Ideally, it's about two hours a day that we should be setting aside to spend reading books and books written by people who have experience that we want to learn from, right? Mm -hmm. So that's another way to, you know, get a support group together, uh, you know, in in a little unconventional way compared to the way we normally think of these things, right? Yeah. But it's still a great resource. But I think that's absolutely valuable. Yeah, it's a great resource. And and the people write books, people have podcasts, people put videos out on YouTube regularly and have their own channels and things like that. There's a ton of resources of you know, for people that if you, if there's someone out there that you admire, if there's someone out there that you look up to, if there's someone out there that you want to become, right, take advantage of all of that, all of that stuff that's out there. And, you know, you said something before, Erica, about, you know, how superficial a lot of the relationships we have can be on social media and how that's actually, and I agree with you, it's actually created a craving that people want a deeper connection and they crave it. And so another idea to throw out there is, and I love this because, again, it's, you can never compare meeting somebody on social media versus meeting somebody face to face. Mm -hmm. So why not use something like meetup.com? and create your own mastermind meetup group, whatever that looks like, right? Just create a local meetup group uh, from among your friends and colleagues or invite your clients and, you know, Mm -hmm. whoever it is, make a list of the people that you would like to see once or twice a month and do a meetup and meet up with them in person. And you can even make the format of that meetup one in which everybody brings whatever they struggled with over the past month. What have you had trouble with over the past month in your business or out of the business or any way, right? And because you've got that group, whatever somebody brings, there's bound to be somebody there who's got experience they can share that'll help them. Yep. Yeah, and you can do, I mean, I know nothing really substitutes for in-person meeting, but, you know, maybe maybe um, your group is spread out across the country as more and more of us are now, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can always do a digital Zoom meetup, you know, where all of you just get together and check in, you know? But the main thing is you got to find what works for you, what works best for you, and build on that. Right. You know, And, 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 and not be afraid of the fact of, well, you know, this person that I really look up to is a is a famous author and he's a huge influencer and he's not gonna like who cares read the books listen to the podcasts watch his interviews on tv you know follow him on on social media and stuff do all of those things but build that personal sort of support group you know around yourself as well you know yeah in fact that's why sorry go ahead oh I I just wanted to say one other thing um you know, the other sort of aspect that we haven't really talked about, um, and, I, and I don't want to get too deep into it because it is deeply personal for everyone and, and some believe and some don't. But, you know, if, if faith is your thing, if a God is your thing or a higher power is your thing, that's all part that can be part of this support group, too. You mm-hmm. know, so it really is. There really is no limit here is all I'm trying to say that, that, that whatever works for you in building that support group in getting yourself, getting you out of yourself and, and helping you find that source of power within yourself. Those are the things that you should go after. Right. Absolutely. And you can call it a lot of different things. You can call it God. You can call it a higher power. You can call it a creative intelligence. You know, I have a friend Mm -hmm. who's, you know, admittedly uh, agnostic, actually atheist, 
right? Mm, right. And, and so we had to talk about this very subject one day, and, and ultimately he was able to get with the idea of a creative intelligence, that there's something out there that exists and lives within each and every one of us that guides us and helps us. And, you know, yeah. ultimately, I think a power greater than ourselves is really the key here, is identifying yeah. something that's got more power than we have on our own, right? And I love And this. that can be a god, or that can be the power of your mastermind group. Right. Collective group. Right. And by the way, that's why in 97 and Up, we do two weekly Zoom calls, right? Because we do get everybody on the camera, face-to-face, having a remote meeting. And then there's follow-up throughout the week in Slack. So between the two, we're able to get it online and then back offline and back online again in a really nice way. But quickly back to the, uh, the higher power thing, somebody gave me a really cool example. And it was really along the lines of exactly what we're talking about here in step two that made it clear what the difference is between trying to do something on your own versus having uh, support with it. And he, he actually had me do this because we were there in person when we went through the exercise. So we were in his living room and there was a coffee table in the room. And he said, here's what I want you to do. He says, I want you to stand on one end of this coffee table and I want you to put just two fingers underneath the table and I want you to lift the entire table up off the ground from the edge, right? Mm -hmm. And of course I couldn't do that, right? If I lifted it up from my one side, it would eventually topple over, right? right? So then he says, all right, now let's try this again. And the second time he stood on the other end and with two of his own fingers on the other side together, we were able to get that coffee table lifted off the ground. And it was just a powerful and simple example of what it really meant, what the difference was between, you know, being powerless on my own and an example of a power greater than myself, where the power of two of us doing something together, we could do something that either one of us alone couldn't possibly accomplish, right? And that's the key. That's the whole key to to all of this, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a very, that's a cool representation of that lesson, you know? Yep. That is a really cool way to, pr- to show that physically and, and, and the importance of it. Because right. it's true. And I think, you know, and especially in an era where we are so disconnected in terms of, you know, we spend a lot of our time uh, in our phones and on social media, which isn't really a, 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 a strong connection. Um, I work from home. Seth, I know you work from home. I'm sure a lot of our listeners work from home. Where It can be very isolating, you know, and, and just having the power of another with you. On yeah. the journey is, is, you know, there's no replacement for that. You know, one of the guys in 97 uh, uh, said something to me that I thought was really cool. Um, and I hadn't considered this about the 97 up program itself, but it was over the fact that I think one week I was canceling one of our calls because I was away or doing something. Um, and it led into a conversation where he talked about and others agreed that they really look forward to the calls because we're all people who work from home. And it can get lonely, right? And so they look forward to the calls because that's their chance. And I realize it's true for myself just as much as it is for any of them that I really look forward to the calls because every Tuesday and Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, I know that I'm going to get in this group of people. And again, I'm not always teaching. A lot of times I learn. You know, in fact, I just produced a video this week that incorporated something I learned from Greg, who's one of our members, Greg Cullip. And it was, we were working on some financial modeling stuff and just Excel skills in general. And based on the way one of our uh, calls evolved, he was able to show me how, you know, when we were writing very complex formulas, and I mean formulas that have like formulas inside of formulas, we call those nested formulas. Um, He showed me, he guided me to write each of the separate formulas separately 
and then a way that you combine them into the ultimate sort of parent formula, it makes it so much easier to write the formula. And what normally would have taken me an hour to do, because I'm trying to think it through in terms of how to put it in this one long string, now took minutes to do because of something I learned from Greg that, that Greg, helped, Greg helped me to see. And now uh, the video I did yesterday on pricing matrices, matrices in Excel, um, I incorporated that very knowledge that I learned from one of those calls. So again, yeah. like we've said, and we've said it a few times in a few different ways, it goes around several ways, right? You form this mastermind group, you find your five, and you let them know, and, and, and you learn from each other. In other words, it's equal. It's like a nation of teachers where we're all teaching each other, right? Yeah. That's how I like to think of it. Yep. So let's give them the takeaways. So, all right, action items for this week. What, I, what we recommend, Seth and I have both done this as a, a, separately as an, as an exercise, but to make a list of the qualities that you'd like to find in your support system. So the qualities of person uh, or the qualities of the group that you want to discover within your support system or that maybe you're creating a, a, expanding your support system or maybe you're creating one altogether new. What qualities are you wanting to find in that? Okay, so that's one. Secondly, make a list of the actual people that you'd like to find in, that you would like to be in your support system. So you can include people that you know, people that you work with, um, but please also feel free to include the people that may not even be completely accessible to you, like those authors and those influencers and mentors, all of those people that you look up to, that you want to be like, um, but maybe they're not 100% accessible to you right now today. And, and I want to throw something in about that because don't kid yourself. You know, we talk about manifestation. Years ago, when Google Plus was more popular, I actually did this with my circles. I had a circle called Mastermind, and I stuck people in it who I looked up to, and they weren't people I ever expected I'd ever meet or talk to, you know, firsthand or one on one. One of those people was Chris Brogan. This year, I've gotten to work with Chris Brogan one on one, and now we've worked very closely together, and he's provided me tremendous help. So don't think for a minute that anybody is completely out of reach. You make up the rules. You decide what you can and can't do and what you are or aren't capable of. So put anybody you can think of in that circle because you never know. And just putting them in there, putting them on that list may in and of itself be be the beginning of how you end up manifesting an actual direct relationship with one of those people. That's right. And I think that's a great note to close on. Good stuff, Seth. All right. Step two on the road to authenticity. That is a wrap. Thanks, Erica. Thank you, Seth, and thanks all thanks to our audience and everyone out there is listening. And don't forget to share this episode if you liked it. Even if you didn't like it, share it anyway because somebody else will probably like it, right? That's so share true. it. Tell your you, mother. You may just your, have you may have bad taste. <laughs> right, exactly. Tell your mother. Tell your grandmother. Tell all your friends after you form your mastermind group. Tell all of them to watch this episode. Thank you for tuning in. New episodes of the Authentic Accountant Podcast are heard every week on the Voice America Business Channel and on your favorite podcast site. Please join Seth David and Erica Ed again soon for another edition and another complete story of success. The Authentic Accountant is sponsored by Intuit. Intuit helps you leverage the latest technologies and works with you to create tomorrow's future innovations for your firm. Visit quickbooks.intuit.com.